Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Tampa Bay Rays lose their series in Baltimore against the Orioles. Uh, 2-1, they were blanked the other night. Listen, this is I want to take full responsibility for this, Steve, <laughs> because... I guest hosted the post game show on on the Rays radio network, and while I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed my time, and and thank Chris Miller for asking and um, your advice and counsel and all that. Uh, the fact of the matter is, this was the hottest team in baseball at, on a historic pace, looking for their thirtieth win a couple nights ago, and now they're still looking for their thirtieth win, and they scored the highest scoring team in baseball scored a grand total of three runs in the two nights that I was doing the postgame. So it's got to be me. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's not on the hitters. It's not on Well, they're 0-2 the when you're hosting staff. the postgame show and 29-7 and when everybody else does. So yeah, Enough said. Enough said. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I, I It was funny because uh, Chris was telling me a story. He's the producer of, of the show and the head of broadcasting with race. Those of you who don't know him, uh, he, he told me that uh, there was a time when Neil Solons, uh, now the play-by-play guy with Andy Freed, uh, was filling in as a play-by-play guy when one of them were on vacation. And I think it might have been maybe one of his first play-by-play responsibilities, you know, to fill in. And they went 0-6 on a road trip. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if it was... I don't know if Andrew Friedman, like who, I don't know who the GM was at the time. I really don't know. It would have, it would have um, been back in the Friedman days. Yeah, yeah, it was in the free. Then it was it was Andrew. That's what I thought he said. So Andrew Friedman got on the bus and he he looked at Neil and he just let him have it. <laughs> this is your fault. <laughs> and Neil was just like, I know, I know. I'm sorry, but um, in a lighter moment. But yeah, kind of feel bad. I shut down the race. I'll tell you what shut down the race. The Orioles pitching, especially their bullpen, if you don't get them in seven innings, buddy, it's over, man. They are incredible. Um, And while the Rays have used 18 different relievers, right, um, these guys are set up. And this Yanier Cano, this cat, I've never seen numbers like this, especially this early in the season. I think he's got like 21, 22 strikeouts, no walks. Has not allowed a run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's stupid, and he throws, he throws the like, he can throw ninety seven, or he can throw a sinker that you know the bottom it never gets to the plate, and and everything has movement, and you can see why he's basically unhittable, and then you know if he's not good enough, then they bring in Felix Batista, who's you know even bigger. He looks like a a damn offensive tackle. Um. And you know he's throwing it up there at a hundred. They're they're really impressive, uh, and they're very they're very raised. Like they're going to play a lot of close games. They win a lot of close games, and um, they just simply in the big moments outpitch the race, who pitched pretty well. You know, it wasn't like it wasn't like they got knocked around. I mean, this was a game 
you know, where the bulk of the innings came from Yanni Chirinos. And I thought he did a good job, and they left him in there a little longer than I thought they were going to. But it might be a good idea to build him up because some sort of unsettling news during the game that Tyler Glass now, who was making his second start in Durham, had to leave after one inning. He threw only 11 pitches. Fortunately, because you think the worst automatically, that's just who I am. I'm a pessimist by nature. Um, fortunately, it was what they're terming mild left side tightness. Yeah, but we've heard that before with him. <laughs> I know. Oh, it's mild. And then he's out for a month and a half, yeah. I mean, that's, I, that's I, look, I'm not a big believer in guys are injury prone. Right. I mean, you know, injuries happen in sports. Absolutely. Many times it's freak things. Like the yep. Garrett Clevenger knee catching in the yeah the dirt on a rundown, you know. But Glassnow can't stay healthy. Nope, 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 nope. Like I, I mean, all the tools in the world, and when he's on, oh, yeah. a phenomenal yeah. pitcher. But I mean, come on, it's frustrating as a fan. It's got to be frustrating for the Rays as an organization. Yeah, and for him, I'm sure. Uh, and, and yeah, absolutely for him. And hopefully, it is mild and. It's just yeah. a setback for a week or so or whatever it might be. Right. But you're coming off an oblique, your second rehab start, and now mild tightness. Yeah, yeah. The oblique is the thing that it, it probably is referring to. Now, I'll see this, and I, I don't know anything about obliques, and mm-hmm. I didn't pitch at a major league level, and I'm not six foot, what is he, six foot eight, something yeah. like that. Um. I would think, though, that like this is the final level, right? Like you do all these things to come back, and then you got you got to go out on the mound and face live hitters. And, you know, just maybe that 2 3% more you got to ramp up your body for, it, maybe it's just not conditioning and it's just telling you, whoa, now, I haven't done this at this speed for a while. You know, like it, mm-hmm. hopefully it's just soreness, it's just – Something that like he felt a little bit of a twinge is like ah okay I'm not gonna push this let me let me get out of here you know um, I could see where you'd be extremely overly cautious I was just in my oh. mind I was thinking if it's something to do with the arm yeah you know that would be far worse yeah I mean any tightness tonight and they said it was a mutual decision to pull out I mean there was no reason to keep him in if he's fighting no something. of course not of course not I mean I you know completely agree with the decision and you know yeah, yeah, yeah. reevaluate tomorrow the day after whatever it takes. But you don't want to hear it. You don't want to hear that. But it just—it's—it's it, it, just—it's fr- frustrating. And like I said, it probably is for him too. Mm-hmm. And well, I'm sure you know. No idea why this keeps happening. Right. That he doesn't seem to be able to stay healthy. I mean, the, you know, the Tommy John is what it is, and a lot of pitchers have that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's completely different than the oblique in this. But you know, it's just it. it with with him, it just feels like you can't. You know, we, we've been talking for a while. When Glassnow gets back in May, or what, it just feels like you can't. You can't keep saying that. Like it's if he comes back. Like every time you talk about him, you want to switch it from when to if. To that's if, what it yeah. feels like. Yeah. And I, I hope I'm wrong on that. I hope he. You know, he's back, and you know, maybe it's a week or two later. Maybe it's early June now. Right. Because when he's pitching well, wow. Oh, he's like that. And, and, and yeah. to picture him with McClanahan, if you can get to the playoffs with those as your one-two starters, you know, good luck if you're the opposing teams. 
Right. But it just feels like we should be switching, you know, anytime we talk about him from when he'll return to if he returns. If he does, yeah. Or at least if on the timeline that they initially say. Because it just feels right. like it never it never works out the way you hope with him. I mean, he was going to make maybe one more rehab start, probably like Tuesday mm-hmm. or something like that, and that was going to be it. And he was going to be back before the end of the month. Now, who knows, his whole clock starts all over again, you know, and who knows how long he's out before he even gets back on a mound. Well, it depends if they have to shut him down for a little bit or if it really is yeah. just mild. And and he doesn't miss a rehab start. Yeah, I mean, you know, in a couple of days from now he's throwing again. I mean, it all, de- you know, it just I guess it depends on what that mild is. tightness yeah. is. I mean, is it mm-hmm. was it really just he didn't stretch enough or is it actually a problem? Is it, you know, and I'm not a doctor, so. Right. There's probably many other things that could be causing it or a factor, but right, right. But it's just it. He's such a good pitcher. You want to see him pitch. Yeah, you do. And, and, it's, and it's, they know, could use him. Oh yeah, absolutely, they could. I mean, any team in baseball could use him. Period. Sure, when he's on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But. Now it looks like, I mean, because he's going to be out, it looks like Chirino's who they left in there for quite a long time. And, mm-hmm. and he was pitching well until they got to the sixth inning and six straight batters reached one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, he also had a the worst time as a 3-2 count. He had a clock violation, uh, which led to a walk to load the bases after um, Adley Rushman had, had, I think he let off with a single. And then uh, was it Anthony, the Santander guy? He had a double. Uh, and then you know that pitch, he just that, kept sitting there on the mound. And you're yeah, watching, you could you know on the TV you could see the clock there, and you're like, throw it, yeah, throw it, throw get, it. I mean, go, go, go. Yeah, that's what I was sitting there. I'm like, throw it, throw it. And I'm like, ah, too late. And then the so here's the thing: it. It, you the ball has to come out of your hand before the clock. You have to or, start your pitching motion. Okay, so it, I thought it was really close with that one. It, it was, it, it was close, starting but, but to make movement. It, it's always hard because he's kind of rocking out there. Yeah, that's and true. so when did he actually start the motion? Yeah. Because it's not like he was standing still there watching it. He's right, kind of rocking. Right. So then you got to come set and then start your your motion. It, it, to me, it was late. Yeah. Uh, nobody argued. I mean, he, he mm-hmm. got the walk, but he managed to kind of keep it right there at uh, at two to nothing. And, and that's really all they needed was the two runs. The Rays threatened their best chance. You know, Yandy Diaz in the eighth inning doubles – and then uh, Franco has an RBI single for the you know to drive in a run out. It's mm-hmm. two to one. Um, and then it was interesting because Brandon Lau was supposed to come up, and they went to a left-hander. I was like, "Woo, this plays right in Kevin Cash's hands. He can pitch hit Randy Rosarena, and he did. Except the guy threw two wicked curveballs or breaking balls, and he got him. He struck him out, and then he struck out Harold Ramirez, mm-hmm. and that was it." That was the threat. They also, uh, earlier in the game, had, what, second and third, nobody out and couldn't score. Second and third, couldn't score. I mean, the game began with a couple of walks, mm-hmm. you know. So, one one for 20 with runners in scoring position in this in this series. One for 20. Yeah, that's not good enough. Oof, and and credit, credit the Baltimore's pitchers. Oh, they were great. They're all great. They all came in. They threw great. And it's a real deal. It's not no fluke. I mm-hmm. mean, they got they got some horses on the back end. Um, they're a legit team. You know what's weird about the AL East? Are they cheating too? Because they look better than the Yankees. <laughs> they well, they do. 
what's funny about the AL East, Yankees, by the way, you know, just what they needed, the Oakland A's to come to town, the worst team in baseball. They swept them. Aaron Judge is back. You can see where this is headed this weekend, right? Um, but every team in the American League East is at least four games over five hundred, including the last place Yankees. Mm-hmm. That's a weird. I mean, think about that, man. There's that is dominance for a, a baseball division to have that many teams four plus games over, and the Rays are still running away from them. Um, so that's how that's how well the Rays have been playing. But it'll be it'll be and you know they they've got not just the Yankees in a four game series and they have a day off and then they go and play the Mets in Queens so they're going to be in New York for quite a while. Yeah, every, every other division of baseball is at least two teams below five hundred. Right, and right. the AL East, the bottom team, as you said, is four games above five hundred. It's incredible. I mean, that's the total division dominance right there because there's more of a balanced schedule. They don't play each other as much. Mm-hmm. It used to be 19 times. What is it now? Like 14 or something. Mm-hmm. Like that. But that's what makes um, what Tampa's doing, Tampa Bay. That's what make mm-hmm. what Baltimore's doing. I mean, two of the three best teams in baseball, record wise, are here. Yeah, and they're in the AL East with with every team in the division is kicking butt. Right. To be honest, right. So, I, so here's what I learned in, over the weekend, or not the weekend. There is no weekend for me. That's all the weekend. <laughs> Here's what I learned over the last two days, which felt like a weekend because I was at the truck. People really are down on Brandon Lau. <laughs> I mean, jeez. I mean, I know it's, you know, probably the vocal minority maybe, but, like, got a couple of calls. One guy staunchly defended him. But, you know, get rid of him, whatever you can get, trade him now. Like, well, but, might be selling low or whatever. I said, well, it's actually not selling low, it's selling low. But, um, but, to, but to be honest, I mean, Look at it. Yeah. He's done nothing in the postseason. That's a fact. And, and so that makes you really sour. Yep. So then if you can't perform in the regular season. Yeah, why are you here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at this point, wouldn't you rather have Taylor Walls playing every day there? Well, I would. And and that was brought up. Um, you know, he, he a couple of things I saw. One, he's starting to walk. And that sounds like a small thing, but mm-hmm. it's not. When That's you're important. in a slump, mm-hmm. when you're in a slump, the first thing you want to do is start to see the ball better because chances are you're jumpy, you're not letting the ball travel, you're, you're swinging it, pitches probably out of the zone, you're getting yourself in bad counts. So the best thing you can do is, you know, contribute somehow, even even as a base runner, and try to get on base, try to get a walk if you can, and it means you're seeing more pitches, which is only going to make you better. So he started to do that, and then and he's not seeing many fastballs, but he saw one, you know, on Wednesday, and he hammered it. And had he hit it, pulled it just a little bit more towards dead center field where it was four hundred three, that ball's gone. So, and does that mean he's going to go five for five? You know, when they get to New York, no. But I I can see him. I can see the confidence starting to come back a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's all this game is anyway. When you fail seven out of ten times and you're you're a Hall of Fame player because of that, you better learn how to, you know, how to deal with it. But um yeah, I mean they the way Taylor Walls is going versus Brandon, of course, most people would say just and that's and it was said, you know, during the call in show it was like, and just play the play the guys that are playing well, you know. But they're gonna need him down the stretch at some point. And and if he gets hot 
He's hit 31, 39 bombs before. He can mm-hmm. carry you for a month on end, you know? So I thought it was funny. Like, people are just like, people are people, but they're they're fired up about their raise, and they don't expect them to lose, man. And I'm sorry, but, like, when you jump that far out in front of the rest of the league, you got an even bigger bullseye because the Rays have already been great for a while, but and teams are going to really measure themselves. If you're Baltimore, you're like, yo, let's see how good we are. To, mm-hmm. Let's let's take these fools, you know? Well, don't think the Yankees aren't thinking that this weekend, though. Absolutely they are. They lost and two of bitter. three in, 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 in St. Pete yeah, by one run. Right. Right, very close series. And so they're going to be looking at this as a measuring stick series again because they're not going to play each other for a while. For a while, yeah. Well, I know I know. Jared Cole, Cole is going to definitely be looking for him because he had that cataclysmic game where he's up 6 nothing, and then before he can get out of here, the Rays have, have tied it back up and they wound up beating um, beating him. But, you know, it's going to be uh, – I'm interested to see – sort of what the vibe is in New York. You know what I mean? Like, I don't expect retaliation and, and bean balls and all that stuff, but if certain players end up getting some hit by pitches, it could get ugly. You know, because that, that first series, all one-run games, they were really close. And, of course, the rally, um, you know, down six to nothing, it was just just made it. And that's when people in New York started saying that the Rays were cheating. <laughs> so... Maybe they can interview Kevin Cash on WFAN or wherever the hell it was <laughs> and ask him. They'll be there. You guys are there. You got the mic flag. Have at it. Um, but no, it, it was uh, – they're, they're playing. Look, they're playing as, as good as any team in baseball. And even though they um, didn't score a lot of runs these last two days, they had their chances. They put pressure uh, on the Orioles, and the Orioles just managed to, to hold up. So good for them. Now we're going to talk about the bucks here in just a second, but first I want to remind you guys how to save money on your electric bill. It's called May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned business. They've been operating and installing solar electric systems in the area now for 13 years. A lot of these companies are out there, but May Electric is committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty, plus with every installation you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all their products. They can uh, conduct on-site testing. You can see what they're going to install, and they'll customize that to your needs. Plus, they don't use subcontractors, right? All those guys up on the roof, those are Billy May's uh, employees, and that's important that they're doing the job. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate, lower your electric bill all year long, and preserve the quality of your life. It's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So we had a chance to go to visit the Bucks on Wednesday, and it was it was time for the offensive coaches to sort of meet the press, if you will, for lack of a better term. Um, 
and we had another chance to talk to Dave Canales. Now we had not, I don't believe we had talked to him since that they had signed Baker Mayfield. And so, you know, there has been and is continues to be a real dial in the wool narrative that this is a competition. We are, these guys, we're going to split reps between Kyle Trask and Baker, Baker Mayfield. And, you know, we're going to do it in the preseason and we're going to chart every throw. And, you know, it is a, it is a full-blown, legit competition. And what, I, <clears throat> what I'm wondering and I kind of asked about was, is it really? Or, or rather, should it be? Should it really be? Should you be using up reps, right, on somebody who potentially has very little chance to be the starter. And what I mean by that is this is not a bash Kyle Trask day. I'm not, I'm not saying he's a horrible quarterback or he can't do it or, he, you know, he won't do it and all that stuff. I'm just saying if you went and got a guy who has played as much football as Baker and has the pedigree he has and has thrown for 16,000 yards and 100-plus touchdowns, and he's going against a guy to win a job who has been in your building for two years. You've seen every throw. You've been He's been in every meeting. You know everything about him, or should. You should know. In my mind, it's like, well, he needs an opportunity. Well, you earn your opportunities. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not a chicken and the egg thing, man. They put you on the field when, they, when they're pretty confident you can do it, right? They're not always right about it, but they're confident you can do it. Kyle Trask has never put himself in that position. In fact, he was only active two games in the last two years and played in one. He has nine more pass attempts than I do in the NFL. Um, does he deserve a chance? I suppose. But then again, and and you know, I'm not trying to equate Mayfield to Tom Brady, but if you're coming from someplace else and you have an expectation to win and you're a good quarterback, it might behoove the organization to try to put you with the starters as much as possible instead of trying to cut the baby in half, you know? Because at the end of the day, whoever the starter is, they only got half the reps during preseason and training camp. What would they have done if they got all of them? And isn't that the job of the head coach and the coordinator to identify those traits in that player as quickly as possible? And I don't know, do you know, do you have to run them out there, you know, and chart throws and that sort of stuff? If you do, again, I, I'm not sure what, you, what you're doing at quarterback, but you brought Baker, Baker in here for a reason. Again, I know he's been with four teams since last July. It hasn't worked out for him for sure. But I, I, I don't know if this is legit or more PR or more justification of a draft pick. Like I, I don't understand because I know this. The schedule's coming out tomorrow or today as you hear this podcast. And there's going to be a game, and everyone's going to circle it. And it's the first game, okay? Because we don't know the order of the games. We know who's playing, who they're playing, and where. But we don't have the order. When that, that first game comes out, that's that's the target, right? That's all that matters. All this other stuff, splitting reps, like what's going to help them on in September? What's going to help them with in their first game? Is it being nice? and rewarding a guy because he's a good guy and we think he can play. We don't really know. 
you know, or is it, you know, get every rep for the new guy, for the new starter? But Tom Brady would not have taken a single rep off and didn't with starters when he got here, you know, in 2020. He just didn't because it was unthinkable. But now we're saying, no, 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 no. I believe in equal reps. Competition is great for everybody. Okay, fine. But is it really? No, competition is great if you truly don't know who the starter's going to be. Particularly, right. there might be some competition on the offensive line. Maybe a couple of the guard could positions. Could be. Although, Although I, th- I, think, I, think they know, the I think they know who they, they think is going to start. But I, 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 I believe that that could change based on what happens sure. at camp. Sure. I think you've got some other positions that could happen with, too. Yeah. But at your quarterback position, the most important position on the field, and you brought in Baker Mayfield. You've had Kyle Trask for two years, and he hasn't really gotten on the field. And there's been nothing that tells you that they believe he can win this year for this team. Right. I mean, based on everything they've said, done, et cetera. I mean, he's going to have a chance to compete. Yeah. You know, that, I mean, that's all they ever say. He's going to have a chance. But ho- hope is not a plan. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we, we, we hope he can play. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't you? First of all, let's answer that question. Why don't you know? Don't you get paid millions of dollars to know? Well. Right? The guy's the, been do, in your building for two years, albeit in a different system. And I know you have a new coordinator who doesn't know anyone. Right, mm-hmm. but you're not you're not boosting Kyle Trask's chances when you change the offense that he's been drilling down in for two seasons, and you give him a new quarterbacks coach. Neither one of those things are necessarily going to help him become the starter, right? And and it just it just seems to me it's like, what is? Why don't you know what he is? Because I I I think I've watched enough practice to know. Mm-hmm. Well, is it don't know? Or won't say publicly. Won't say. That's what I believe. Because one, he's under con- he's on your team. I mean, does it do no, any no, good to go out and trash him? him? Yeah. Does it do any good to trash him in the media that way and say he's not? No, ready? no, no. No. And what Canales says was, you know, you know why he goes. He says, I don't think we need to 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 rush to make a decision. Wait as long as possible. You know. Because our offense doesn't need to name a starter. Our defense doesn't need me to name a starter. He said, trust me. You know, we've we've got all these studs up front and great wide receivers. And his theory was that if you do name a guy a starter and say, okay, well, Mayfield's going to start. He's getting all the reps in training camp, whatever, or Trask, whatever. The other guy, according to Canales, is going to say, well, then I'm I'm the backup. Then I'm, you know, he's going to put his tail between his legs and not work as hard, not compete as hard. Because he's going to feel like he's defeated, and you don't you don't want him to be defeated. And he compared it to, and I thought this was a not necessarily an on point analogy, but you know and what he had said was, if you name a starter today, the backup guy starts thinking like backup. But if you say this is a competition, we're going to allow it to go into the preseason, let them show us, you know, how they can manage in, in the right play, how they take care of the ball, you know that that's the path he wants to take. Um, and then he brought up his experience with. You know, Geno Smith and Drew Locke. And he said that, uh, you know, whoever won won the deal was going to be their starter. Uh, And it came down, you know, to the very end. 
and of course Geno won the deal. What I would say this is that which one of these guys is Geno Smith? Because Geno Smith, you know, was a fairly high draft pick. I don't think he went one overall. I think it was the second round or in the first round. I think it was the second round. And he he did start. He started with the Jets, started a lot of games. And then about five years went by where he didn't play at all. He was on football teams. He didn't play, you know. So, I don't know. Look, there's some validity to Canales' comments. Naming a starter in May or at the beginning of training camp, does. there's no difference. True. I mean, until you get to training camp and then – if right, you're splitting, if you're splitting the reps, it could have an impact, and, well, that's, and that's but that's, that's what they say they're going to do. Right. Well, but we haven't got to training camp yet. Let's see what they actually do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Boy, they're they've they've done everything to take up billboards saying we are splitting reps. Mm-hmm. These guys are going to get an equal. He's going to get right. a chance to compete. But you know, in in thinking like a backup, did you see Jordan Love's comments today? I did not. And and I'll paraphrase them, and and I didn't read every quote, but it was essentially. When the Packers re-signed Aaron Rodgers, it was, what is my future here? Sure. And, and I'm sure Kyle Trask is going through some of that now when they signed Baker Mayfield this year. I'm sure he was. What is my future here? Yeah. You know, I was a, I was a second-round draft pick, maybe not a first-round, but a second-round draft pick is a pretty high draft pick. Sure And if is. you're taking a quarterback in the first two rounds, you expect them to eventually be a starter Eventually play, yeah. That's, that's what you would expect mm-hmm. from, a, from a top two-round draft pick at quarterback. And so he's got to be – so if it's just trying to keep Kyle's confidence up now and and keep him engaged, then I, I get what Canales and Todd Bowles and the organization is doing. Yeah. I, I don't – I still don't believe it's truly a competition. Me either. Unless Baker Mayfield just falls flat on his face in training camp. Yeah. I mean, you know, they brought Baker in here to try to win games. Well, that's and that's that's my whole point. Is like is is isn't the job, isn't the task about September about winning games? How does Kyle Trask, who, all intents and purposes, probably isn't going to be the starter? How does giving him equal reps? Because every rep he gets, Mayfield gets one less with Mike Evans, one less with Chris Godwin, one less with Russell Gage, one less with Rashad White. How does that make you better in September? Because they're going to name a starter. And they're going to run somebody out there in, in the first game, no matter where it is. We'll find out Thursday at San Francisco, at Buffalo, wherever it is. Somebody's going to run out there as a starter. It, what could that guy have done with with half half of the reps mm-hmm. when he could have gotten the other half? In other words, it doesn't matter at that point that, well, we gave them, we gave them both the, the, you know, they gave them both a chance, and this is the guy that won. Yeah, he's the guy that won. And he also could have had twice as much work in your offense, twice as much work with Mike Evans, twice as much, pretty much what Brady would have insisted on. You know, Brady wanted to come here with a whole new teammate and a playbook and all that and go, yeah, give Gabbert some reps. No, he was that meeting was, with his team at Berkeley Prep. Right, you know, man. In secret. Well, yeah, until, I was there. Until a yeah. certain helicopter, uh, you know, got pictures three weeks after everyone knew about it. But, you know. <laughs> Well, he was the first helicopter to get pictures. Let's be honest. I didn't have I didn't have access to said Wheelie Bird there, um, but you know, whatever. Uh, but no, but you know, the, the, nobody nobody was going to take a rep from Tom Brady because he needed his time with his guys. And frankly, 
you know, if you don't know who your guy is, shame on you. And if you do know and you're not giving them every rep, I'm not sure that's smart either. Just I, it feels a lot like well, it feels a lot like college. It feels a lot, you know, it feels a lot like a lot of things, but I I think there's a lot of PR going here. And I know Canales, you know, he's real enthusiastic, over the top almost at times. And I think he just I think he just believes it. I just think he just think this has been his background and, and he's, yeah, this is this is what you do. You get the best out of both of them because as soon as the other guy thinks that he's he's defeated, then everything changes. But you know what? I don't want guys that are front runners that aren't motivated when no one's looking. You know what I mean? Look, like, didn't didn't Baker Mayfield go through this last year? Yeah, same exact thing. I mean, it was it was Baker, it was Sam Darnold. Yep. And huge, they, huge they fought through training camp, and, and Baker eventually mm-hmm. won. It didn't yep. work out very well. No. Would Fuck extra reps with everybody have helped him? Well, I, we don't know. I don't know. We don't know. We don't know. I don't think he would have hurt him. But, I mean, you know, in a league where they measure your dehydration by the color of, you know, what, uh, and then and then make, you know, adjustments to your diet, et cetera, I mean, don't you know what you have? Like on on your roster on your team, don't you don't you aren't you supposed to figure this out before you get to training camp so that you can maximize the rep with whoever the quarterback is? And I've seen this done, I've seen it, and I've seen it, and maybe I'm wrong, but you, you know what's going to happen? The locker room is going to be well. It may not be divided. I think the locker room will understand who their best quarterback is. At the same time that he's talking about Trask and this whole thing. Um, it's it, it's interesting because Canales is just like oh Baker, he lights up a room when he walks in. Oh the personality and oh, you know, he's so charismatic and stuff. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but he said I like his presence. He goes, he he just has such great swag. You know when he steps in the huddle, he belongs. You come right in here and light up the room. So if he's got all that and he can play a little bit, I mean, what are we doing? Why, you know, it's just a, it's just a question. And they look, they get paid to, to, to lots of money to make these decisions. And I am not down on Kyle. I want to be clear. I'm not saying I think Kyle Trask is no good. I'm, I'm not down on him. Hell, if he wins the job, God bless him. Like, mm-hmm. you, you know, one for the Gator boy. Like, it's like, cool. You didn't let competition bother you. You didn't blink and you, and you got the job. Or if Baker happens to get hurt, then he's sure. got to step in and right. performs well, ready. like like Brock Purdy did or others. I mean, that's right. You, know. you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, he's got to be ready. Mm-hmm. But if you're not motivated to do that anyway, like you have to have the carrot of a starting job or whatever. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't worry about the lock. You mentioned the locker room. I don't worry about the locker room being divided unless really the. Co- I worry about it if the coaches. Choose to play the quarterback that doesn't give you the best chance to win. Yeah, that's always a problem. <laughs> you know, it I happens. Mean, I mean, you know, th- uh, you know, a couple of years ago, the locker room was divided here in, in Tampa Bay, and it, it was, was it was when Jameis was suspended and Ryan Fitzpatrick lit up the NFL for three weeks. Deshaun Jackson did not want to play with Jameis Winston when he came back. No. Didn't want to play. Him. Didn't want any part of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was you a know. problem. And then Dirk Cutter was chasing which quarterback to start the rest of the year. Yep, because Ryan Fitzpatrick came back to earth. 
Mm-hmm. And then James well, was we eligible. See what we have in crew. Yeah. We see what we have in this guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, if – if Baker's the best quarterback and that's who starts, then I don't worry about the locker room getting divided. I mean, I mean, typically the locker room wants the person that's going to give them the best chance to succeed. Yeah, that's now, true. It, it, maybe it got divided with Fitzpatrick in that because Ryan Fitzpatrick gave Deshaun Jackson the best chance to succeed because he could throw him the deep ball better than Jameis could. And, and did the first four right. games, big yeah. time. Yeah, maybe it wasn't the best for the team, but it was the best for Deshaun Jackson. Right. Yeah, I don't know. They'll have to. They'll, I mean, it's going to go the way they say. They're going to have a competition, and you know, we'll see who they who they choose at the end of the preseason and stuff. But when they do that, um, the other player would have lost out on a lot of reps. There was also uh, something else that caught my attention was um, that uh, Skip Pete, the running backs coach that they got from Dallas, uh, we were able to talk to him for the first time. And I threw out that, you know, I don't know, you could use a veteran short yardage guy, maybe recently cut by Dallas, your former team. Um, and he didn't back down, but he had a kind of a kind of a cryptic message for Zeke that it got picked up. He said, Look, I, I think Zeke is still a good quality running back. He played fifty percent of the snaps, so your numbers are not gonna be the same. That's natural. Um, but he still scored twelve touchdowns. You know, he still caught the ball well. He had numerous third and ones, short yardage, goal line, you know, that that helped them. So they could use that physicality. They could use one bigger back. I mean, not that Rashad White is small. He's not. But, you know, could could Zeke be that guy? And what Pete said was, well, he's sort of a $12 million running back, Um who in reality is a $4 million running back, but who's going to tell him, you know, who's he going to believe? And that's sort of the sticking point is that he's not ready to let go of the idea of a big salary and a starting job and all that. Um, well, I, I think it's that, and I think it's it may be telling that he may sign for $4 because that's all that's there, but he's not going to be happy about market. it. And, right, and if he's not happy, do you want him? You know, are you going to have a, a, a Lenny? situation where he almost quit and completely sulked and was made inactive by Bruce Arians mm-hmm. yeah and, and I don't know if Ezekiel it would be that way as well but if you yeah. believe you're worth 12 million dollars you're only signing for four let's say for argument's sake how happy are you going to be you're not you're not happy at all you know some of mm-hmm. us don't do things if we don't get paid enough money Steve <laughs> <laughs> and some of us do it and we just are unhappy when we say yes um but that's neither here nor there. Uh, it's been a long night, man. Long couple of days. The Rays got me. I'm sitting here waiting for them to, you know, continue to bash the American League so we got lots to talk about. It's just no runs. I'll recover. Don't worry. Uh, so the schedule's coming out mm-hmm. Thursday night in the NFL. When? When? I, I, I can't believe the Bucks didn't get the New Year's Eve game that was leaked. I tell you what, man. Yeah, was that leaked? The New Year's Eve game. That's was uh, Burrow at uh, Mahomes, New Year's oh, Eve at four twenty-five on CBS. Four twenty-five. Yeah. Most people are already being imbibing by then. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's a really good matchup. And uh, let's see, the Black Friday game is uh, was that Jets and Dolphins? Black Friday game. That's awesome. They should play that at a shopping mall, shouldn't they? I think so. Yeah, that's a good that's a good one. There was also uh yeah, is that Chiefs Dolphins, you say? Uh Jets Dolphins. 
Oh, Jets Dolphins. There's a yeah, game that's Aaron Rodgers. Going... It's Rodgers and Tua. Okay. There's a game that's going international that is going to negate the return of Tyreek Hill to, to uh, Kansas City. So it's the Chiefs against Miami sometime, I think. Okay. Well, you saw the Jags are staying over in, in London. Well, for yeah, because they're the London team. Yeah, well. I mean, I heard this 10 years ago, maybe 15, emphatically by somebody who's very high up in the NFL hierarchy um, say, this league's going to expand to Europe. Mm-hmm. And the team that's going to be over there is Jacksonville. And, you know, it's not even, it's already been determined and so on and so forth. So they might, they're not going to expand with one team over there, though. So it's either, no, no, they're no, either they're, going to have yeah. to expand or I don't think they're moving two or three teams over there. So or they just have a London division or something, mm-hmm. you know, or a Europe division or whatever. Europe, you know? Europe division, yeah. If you're going to put one in Germany and a couple in England and. Yeah. That'd be cool. Kids and wife might miss me for a while. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> We'll make it work. But, yeah, this will be the first time the NFL is experimenting with a team playing two straight games over there, which if they're going to expand to Europe, yep. that's what's going to happen is they'll put two or three teams over yes, there, four. that's right. And when you that's go right. over there, you'll play two straight games. Yep. So they'll be able to measure what the impact of that travel is mm-hmm. over the course of two games. Mm-hmm. You know, it's significant. I mean, it's five hours, sometimes six, but five hours for the most part. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you know, typically the NFL does – I mean, occasionally some West Coast teams will stay on the East Coast for a week. Yeah. But it doesn't happen very often. Right. No, it's, back in the day, you know, the 49ers were renowned. They, I think they might have done it first. Mm-hmm. And then everybody else kind of followed suit. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, man. Um we got lots to talk about still tomorrow. We could do a mailbag. If you guys can send in those questions anytime, I, I actually got questions. That yeah, we'll we got a few to. today. We'll get to those tomorrow. Yeah, so you can add more um, if you want to send it to us at SportsDayTV, uh, or you can send me uh, those questions on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. Schedule comes out tomorrow night. Under over on the box for national TV games is two. You take the under or the over, Steve. I'll take the under. I'll take it. It's one. Dang. So that's exactly what I think. If they were required to have a Thursday night game, then I would have said it's at two. But yeah, 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 yeah. But they're not, and they won't. I think it'll be a Buck Saints game. That on a, a Monday night football game. That's perfect. I think you nailed it. And early in the year, because they can't trust either of those teams to sustain themselves beyond September. Mm-hmm. So get them now. You know, Derek Carr against Baker Mayfield? Sure. Why not? That'd be a good matchup. But we can find that out on NFL Network at 8 p.m. Uh, or you can read about it in the Tampa Bay Times on TampaBay.com. Raise Yankees Sorry. tonight. Yep, that's right. Start a four-gamer there. Four-gamer in the Bronx and a day off, and then they move over to Queens. Do you change hotels from the Bronx to Queens, you think? Uh, I'm guessing they're staying in this because I think they stay. I don't think they stay in the Bronx. I think they stay in. Oh, okay. New York and Manhattan. City. Yeah, I think they yeah. stay. I'm not 100% positive where they stay, but I'm pretty sure they don't stay out in the Bronx. So they probably uh, stay in the same hotel for what? It's going to be seven, eight nights, whatever it is, because they have an off day, too. Man. Monday's an off day in New York. So, Yeah. No, it's going to be it's going to be a nice, much needed day off for them up there. So, we'll be back tomorrow uh, to talk about all of that. Thanks for listening for Steve Burstick. I'm Rick of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.